Hey, hey, hey! Welcome to Artistic Accomplices. I am your host, Eric Scott, and this is the podcast that's all about creative encouragement. I want to be that little voice that's in your ear encouraging you to make, to create, to do the things that you've been wanting to do. So let's dive into today's episode. Hey, 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 thank you so much for joining me once again for another episode of the Artistic Accomplices podcast. I'm your host, Eric Scott, and thank you so much for being here. Um, So you may have looked at today's title for the episode, and for some of you, maybe you're like, you get the references and you know exactly kind of what I'm talking about. And some of you might only get part of it, and some of you maybe are left kind of scratching your head. But I've been thinking a lot about balance and and kind of thinking back to uh, my last episode a couple weeks ago. And this notion of balance has been kind of on my mind, and I've been kind of thinking about things. But um, let me go ahead and explain kind of where the the title comes from and how that ties in with balance. So let's kind of start with the more obvious one, use the force. Um, I'm a big Star Wars fan. I mean, I grew up with Star Wars. Uh, I was only three when when the first Star Wars, what some people call episode four, The New Hope, but what we, the true fans who were were alive and saw it in the theaters at the time. We call that Star Wars. That is always just going to be Star Wars. Um, so you can call it a new hope, but it's Star Wars to me. And when I say Star Wars, that's what I'm referring to is the the movie that came out in 19 in May of 1977. Um, so I I don't remember actually going to see the movie. I just remember like everything kind of about it and and I just remember it having a very profound effect on me so I don't like I said I don't I don't remember going to the theater um I think I vaguely kind of remember like what I felt like in the theater watching it I just you know it, it was unlike anything I had ever seen and I just knew like after seeing that movie like oh I want to be Luke Skywalker you know it's like I want to use the force and I was just completely taken in by the movie. And as a three-year-old, four-year-old, however old I was when I first saw it, um, it just, wow. I mean, it just wowed me, plain and simple. And I just remember that, like, I wanted the toys. Um, I wanted, like, the toy lightsaber. And, you know, it's like we had a few of the toys. So now, like, I'm a fan, but I'm not, like... A Star Wars geek about it not that there's anything wrong with that so if it, you know I'm not I'm not putting that down um, so it's like I don't I used to collect some of the older toys not the the vintage toys from the 70s but um, and I don't spend countless hours online discussing and arguing and engaging in all things Star Wars but it was such a part of my life it was some, you know I saw it in the theater um, as a kid and of course I've seen all the other movies and it's just something that like i mean even still like when i hear that music it's like the the hair on my neck stands up 
And, you know, I, we recently um, subscribed to Disney Plus, which, of course, has all things Star Wars on it as well. And so I've been indulging in Star Wars quite a bit, even though I haven't rewatched any of the movies yet. Um, but I have been watching The Clone Wars and uh, I got taken in by The Mandalorian and I'm looking forward to the to, to the new season of that. And so, I mean, I just yeah, I mean, I I'm such a big fan um, and and just I, th- you know, I, I think I think that what really, though, gets me kind of jazzed up about it and, and what really kind of drew me in was the notion of the force. Maybe as a kid, I didn't really realize that. Maybe as a kid, I was just more into all the cool aliens and spaceships and lightsabers and blasters and all that. But now as an adult, there's something about that, about that notion of the force, the idea of there being this force. And, you know, when I think about it, you know, it's part magic, it's part spirituality, it's part science, it's part all this. And... And I always think about in Star Wars, in um, A New Hope, when Obi-Wan is explaining to Luke Skywalker what the Force is. And he says, it's an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us, penetrates us, and binds the galaxy together. And that that idea just, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of spirituality in that notion that there's something that binds us together and so what here lately what i've been really thinking about is you know what if the force is real now i'm not saying like in in the way that like you can move objects with your mind and and you know throw rocks at at people with your mind um but what if the force what if this there is this force this energy that that binds us and connects us together and in a way I I really believe that there is and that we can affect this energy with our minds like I said maybe not in the way the Jedi do in Star Wars but I think in a way our mind our minds can and do affect our world it affects the world around us and I'm going to get into that in, in a little bit. Um, but I want to go ahead and sort of talk about the other reference, because maybe that one isn't so obvious to some of you if you if you haven't seen what it refers to. So the other part of the, the title, you know, this idea of, of bending air, that comes from an animated TV show that aired back in the late 2000s. So I think between 2005 and 2008, called avatar the last airbender now don't get that confused with the movie avatar by james cameron that's about blue aliens on on the world of pandora and that's completely different um even though they did make a movie version of the last airbender uh that's something that i saw it once but it never really had an impression on me but the tv series definitely did and i remember watching it i didn't see it originally on tv it was a nickelodeon um tv series but i remember seeing it when it first was streaming on netflix and then it went off and then they brought it back here recently so i rewatched it so i've recently rewatched that recently rewatched it and i watched the sequel 
Um, so they came up with a sequel called The Legend of Korra. And so, anyway, so I, I really, I'm really intrigued by this world that they've come up with in The Last Airbender. Um, and for those of you that don't know anything about it, I'll give you a brief description. I'm not going to go into like describing the plot and all that. I'm very terrible at describing movies and TV shows and stories. It's just, I'm not good at retelling them. It's, I, I'd much rather just go watch it yourself, go read it yourself, go experience it yourself. But in Avatar, it, it, it happens in sort of like an earth-like world. Um, but there are four main kingdoms. So there's the Earth Kingdom, there's the Fire Nation, the Water Tribes, and the Air Nomads. And so, like, you know, you hear in there those those elements, the four elements, um, you know, Earth, Air, Water, Fire. So some people within these kingdoms are born with the ability to bend their respective element. So... There are some people in the Earth Kingdom that can bend Earth. There are some people that are born in the Fire Nation that can bend fire. Not everybody can. So it's not an ability that everyone is born with, which I think some people will say, oh, that's kind of like art. That's kind of like creativity. So if you're trying to start to like make a link, but no, I'm not going to go there because I, I don't believe that. Um, but with these benders, you know, so they have, it's very, it's kind of like the force. They can... They can use the power of their mind and, you know, there, there are these special martial arts like movements. And if you if you read about the show, um, they based each each kingdom's movements, these martial arts, like on a different type of martial art. Um, but anyway, so, you know, water benders can have the power of, of bending water, of moving water, of using it, of turning it to ice so they can use it to battle their enemies. They can. Uh, you know, wa some waterbenders are healers, and so they use the water to heal. Uh, firebenders can bend fire, uh, and and you know they basically can shoot fire out of their hands and and set things on fire. And and earthbenders can bend earth and you know hurl rocks at at enemies, and they can open up uh, like gateways and and tunnels in cliffs and all kind of stuff. Anything that has to deal with with earth with their element. Um, so each, and it's kind of like, you know, they're relegated to bending the element that they were born into. So like if you're in the earth kingdom and you're born with the bending ability, it's to bend earth. If you're born in the water tribe, then your bending ability is with water. Um, so it's kind of like you're born into that, that element, that bending of that element. Um, but there's one person, the avatar, and that person um, has the ability to bend all four elements and so it's the avatar's job to help bring balance to the world because they can bend all four elements and whenever I, I kind of think of that you know there, there's a relation to Star Wars so you know kind of this idea of bending really kind of reflects is similar to this notion of the force of being able to to um you know, basically use some kind of telekinesis. And you think about the force being able to summon nearby objects and things like that. So um, it's, you know, there's a correlation there between Avatar and Star Wars. But then also that idea of bringing balance. 
And so throughout Star Wars, you hear this notion of, of bringing balance to the force. And so I've been kind of <clears throat> juggling these two notions in my mind lately, thinking about Star Wars and the force and thinking about Avatar, the last airbender and this notion of, of bending. And so really just kind of like thinking about those and then thinking about like bringing balance to to my life. And so I've been spending a lot of time this month um, really focusing on trying to bring some balance back to my life because things got so crazy, so busy that, I mean, I, I got away from my making, I got away from so many different things. And and so I thinking about these, these shows, movies, these ideas, and then thinking about balance. So I, I kind of was thinking about how, how I could use Star Wars and The Last Airbender to talk about how our minds affect our surroundings and and how we can be more conscious of how we bring balance to to ourselves and to our creativity. So I, I first want to say that you know unlike Avatar where people uh, only certain people are born with the ability I believe that everyone's creative. And so actually I have this theory that everybody in Avatar has the ability to bend all four elements but that they are born within certain cultures and so they learn those things you know so you know you're born in the earth kingdom so you learn to bend earth you never think to to bend water because you're in the earth kingdom you know so <clears throat> that's kind of a theory that i have that everybody can kind of be an avatar if they really wanted to be but uh that uh, perhaps the uh the producers, the makers of the show would, would beg to differ. But um, I kind of like that notion that like everyone there could be an, an avatar, could bend all four elements if they really wanted to. Um, just like in Star Wars that I, I feel like it's, you know, people are born what they call force sensitive. Like, oh, they they can tap into the force while other people can't. But really, maybe everyone is born that way, and it's just sort of like, do certain people cultivate that gift? Just like creativity. I think everyone's born creative. But, but because of the culture we grow up in, the household that we grow up in, um, perhaps we don't cultivate that creativity. Okay. So I do believe that our thoughts and our feelings and our beliefs shape our reality. I mean, I've done episodes about that. You know, this idea that the universe is always conspiring with us. And I think it's because of our thoughts, our beliefs. And so those thoughts, those beliefs, those ideas have a profound effect on us and the world around us. Like I said, maybe not in such a literal way like the force or, you know, bending of, of the elements. But, um, you know, we have a power, I believe. I mean, I really feel like we have a power to use our thoughts and to use this this force, this this energy for good or for ill. So if you think about Star Wars, we're talking about the light side and the dark side. Um, and so we shape our experiences with our thoughts and our beliefs. 
So if we're constantly looking to the negative and and belittling and denigrating ourselves, and uh, you know we're we're constantly telling ourselves how we're no good, how we're not creative, then that's the world that we create. And so we have the force to create this world. I mean, we can kind of think of that as like the dark side, you know, when when we really focus on those negative things and. and like in Star Wars, I believe a lot of those thoughts are based in fear. That we just fear like, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not creative enough. I'm not artistic enough or musical enough. That a lot of the, the, this negative talk, this, these negative ideas, these negative thoughts, these negative beliefs are based in fear. So it's real tempting to kind of give in. And I think it's easier. I mean, I think it's easy to kind of give in to the dark side. Um, you know, so we give in to that fear and it, it really stops us. Now, you know, we're not using the dark side like they do in Star Wars for galactic domination. Um, but we do use it to kind of beat ourselves down, to, de to defeat ourselves. I mean, I don't know why, but for many people, myself included, it's like we, we can almost thrive on like self-doubt and, and, uh, self-denigration. And, you know, we, we give credence to that inner critic of ours and we, we end up wallowing in that self-doubt and in our own insecurities. And so we start to make this world. So, you know, if we believe that we're not creative, and that's you know that gets reinforced. So if we, it, maybe it's maybe somebody in our childhood told us that we weren't creative or artistic or musical, and we internalized that and we took that in, and so we believe that of ourselves, and so then we have experiences and we attract people into our lives that reinforce those ideas. And it, it's the same thing with the positive. If we focus on the positive if we if we can really see the creative force that flows through us if we can really understand that yes we are creative and accept that and and feel that and then we draw experiences and people into our lives that reinforce that positivity and that creativity and so you know it's like we i really started thinking about how the force can be kind of seen almost like this this creative force so for unfortunately like i said many people find it really hard to kind of kind of like think positively it, it's easier to kind of focus on the negative and I, and I think as a culture at least as a western culture that we have a tendency to do that we, we focus on the bad and not on the good um we, we focus on the dark not on the light um so you know i really was kind of thinking about this this idea of balancing like a balancing the dark and the light even though i don't i don't like those terms all that much um but you know we we, we have to try to find that balance and we have to understand that sometimes creativity flows easily sometimes it doesn't that there's an ebb and a flow here recently i've been describing it as seasons we might have seasons where sometimes we just need to kind of hunker down and relax and and not be too creative other times it's going to be a season of high creativity and and the energies flow and and we have to kind of recognize that 
but we have to not give in to the dark side. We have to not allow the, that negativity to consume us because then when it does, our, our world does get dark. It does get, it does get overwhelming and, and we sort of just accept the fact like, oh, well, we're not creative. You know, the world is showing me that I'm not creative, so I must not be creative instead of realizing that, oh, I'm creating this world that's just a reflection of me and of my ideas and of my beliefs. So I, I don't like that analogy too much. Just that notion of the light and the dark. There's, I don't know. I, to me, it's, it's a little too binary. It's a little too flat. Um, and I always kind of wonder like, well, why is the dark portrayed as, as bad? You know, it's like, well, you need nighttime in order to have daytime. You need dark to have light. And we, for some reason, we, we ascribe this negativity to the dark when it doesn't need to be, you know? So I, I have a, I have a bit of a problem with that, but that's why I kind of brought up Avatar is that I, when I, when I was thinking about the force and the dark side and the light side and, and, you know, that's just a little too like seesaw-ish. And I started thinking about like, well, what if it was more like a top, like a spinning top? And the idea was that we had, you know, as a creative individual, in order to have balance, it's not so much a seesaw, but it's more of this spinning top that we have to keep balanced. And a top stays balanced because it's spinning so fast. But then when it slows down, you know, maybe, maybe we, maybe there's too much weight on one side and it wants to fall over kind of thing. But if we can kind of keep it spinning and keep the weight evenly dispersed, you know, it's more, it's more of a three-dimensional kind of analogy. Um, so thinking about Avatar, um, I like that the notion of the four elements. I mean, this is, this is an idea that goes back a long way. It's a quick little search showed that like, you know, the ancient Greeks kind of thought of it, this way and thought our world was made up of these four main elements um of course you know science has proven that the elements are actually much smaller and that you know thinking about atoms and things like that but the greeks didn't know that um but i like how avatar has taken these elements and really explored them um but like i said what if what if everybody had the ability to bend all four of the elements and so that's what I was really thinking about. And that's what one of the notions like, okay, how can we balance, find balance with all four of these and reach the avatar state? So the avatar state is the state of where the avatar in the show is, is at his most, his or her most powerful. And I kind of think of it as like, that's when everything is sort of balancing together and, and they're summoning all of that that energy and they're their most powerful. And I kind of think with us, if we can kind of reach that state, that's when we are, we are our most creative. Okay. So kind of thinking about how we can balance these four elements. Now I'm, I'm not talking about it in a very literal way, but thinking about what each element represents and how we can use the, the, the symbology and the personality traits kind of associated with each element and thinking about that and, and how that we might use that to, to really kind of tap into our creativity in a very real and maybe even heightened kind of way. 
And I think it, it kind of all begins with the earth element. If we think about the earth, you know, the earth is, it's the ground. It's what everything sets on, you know, gravity holds us to the ground. And so in a way, um, the earth element represents as a symbol of being grounded. You know, so we have to be grounded in our art making. If, if we're always kind of having these lofty ideals, that's great. That comes later. But if, if we just have these lofty ideals and we don't have any grounding in how to make those ideals come to life, then it's all just a cerebral exercise. So we have to be grounded. And the way we, we are grounded with our art, with our creativity, with our making, is that we have to be realistic and practical. You know, we, we can't just sit there and think creative thoughts. We need to actually bring those thoughts into life. And in order to do that, we need to, number one, practice our craft, practice our art, practice our our musical instrument we have to have the basics right we have to ground ourselves in those basics we have to practice them we have to dedicate time to them and we have to show up you know so we we have to be realistic we have to be practical that we need to show up and actually do the work and so um you know setting up a space setting up a time setting up a schedule creating routines and practices practices that get us into creating those are the things that kind of ground us um so it's it's not about those lofty ideas those lofty ideals it's about practical things and we have to be careful though so all of these things are are um you know, we have to keep them in mind and they, they can help us be creative, but at the same time, they can be a hindrance if we allow th that one element to take over, if we get out of balance. So if we get out of balance with, with our grounding, we become stagnant, we can become lazy, we become rooted in one spot and we're unwilling and un unable to kind of move forward. This happens a lot when we kind of get in our minds and we, we convince ourselves that we're not creative. And so we just turn it over and over in our mind and, oh, I can't do this. And we're just get, we get stuck in one spot. And even if we're like, oh, I just want to practice and we never try anything new because we're afraid, we're fearful of taking a risk, then we're going to get, we're going to get stagnant and then we're going to get kind of bored with it because we're not moving forward. We're not being creative. So that's the first thing is kind of thinking about how we can ground ourselves in our practices and in our routines to really set the stage, set it up so that we, we have a space and we have a time and we can, and the space, the time and the experience, the skills to actually do the thing that we want to do to make art, to sing, to dance, to do whatever. Um, and so we have to do that. We have to ground ourselves in those things first. And then we kind of think about um, the water element. So the water element is, is a symbol of flexibility, of fluidity, uh, even of healing. And that's why in uh, Avatar, the water tribe is has healers because water often is thought about having those healing properties. Um, but in our, our idea, in our, in my analogy, I'm thinking of it as, as the idea of flexibility of, of that phrase, be like flowing water. 
And so we need to flow like water. We need to be flexible. We need to be gentle. Yeah, water can be devastating. You you have a flood of water. You have a rush of water, um, and it can be it can devastate. It can just tear everything up. And that's one of the things we have to be careful about. But we have to be able to kind of get into the flow. And we actually use that word, and it's in the name of a book, uh, you know, this idea of getting into the flow. You know, creativity as a flow. And that just allows us to be flexible, to, to, to not get so caught up on one thing, but to be able to, to change directions when we need to without coming to a complete halt. And if you think about that idea of water always kind of um, will seek its own path and will always kind of find the lowest, the, the, the lowest spot, um, you know, but like I said, we have to be careful because if we're too flexible, that's a problem. Um, and, you know, we try to go with the flow. We try to flow like water. But then, like I said, we run the risk of getting carried away. Of, of letting too much flow. Um, and so we can get carried away. We, we can end up just sort of like destroying everything in our path um, or just, you know, taken away from where we want to be. So that's the problem. If we're too flexible, you know, we, we it's hard to settle onto something because, oh, I could do this or I could do that. We, we have to be decisive as well. We can't just always go with the flow. The fire element, it's all about our passions. You know, so that idea of heat, of warmth, um, thinking about like, you know, we even talk about passion as sort of like, you know, something that burns inside of us. Um, so we have to think about what, what are we passionate about? What are we, I mean, why are we drawn to this thing, creativity? Why are we drawn to the creative endeavor that we are? What, what, is, what about that is lighting our passion, is lighting the fire in us? You know, so what, what, what makes us want to create? Um, you know, so when we can really feel that passion and we understand our why and, and our rationale for wanting to do it, then, then we find our motivation and our energy to create. I mean, we, we tap into that passion as a motivating force, as a fuel for our creativity. But we do have to be be leery. I mean, just, I mean, fire can catch, catch a hold and it can burn things up. So, you know, fire can easily get out of hand. So that's one thing. If, if we're too passionate about it, then things can, can kind of get out of hand or things can burn out. So, you know, our passions flare, we fan the flames and then everything burns up and then we're left with nothing other than just sort of ash and destruction so um, we have to be careful of that and then finally the the air element thinking about air um, it's usually a symbol of our imagination of of thinking of our thoughts Um, so like air our minds are in constant motion thoughts come and go Um, you know sometimes it's like we get a thought out of thin air just sort of pops into our head um, so one thought rises up, floats away, and another one comes up, floats away, and then another and another. And so cre- our you know creativity can can arise from this flow of ideas. So it's that idea of the imagination. You know we're we're tapping into our thoughts to help us be creative. 
But we have to be careful because, you know, we can be too cerebral. We can kind of stay in our heads way too much. And we can kind of whirl around so many ideas and we can just sort of stay stuck in our in our heads and never actually bring anything out. And that's like when I was talking earlier about the earth element, about being grounded. It's okay to have lofty ideas. And that's where these lofty ideas come from. You think about that idea of lofty, you know, they're floating up in the ether, up in the atmosphere, and we're kind of plucking them out. Um, but we have to be careful because we can just stay stuck in our mind and thinking, you know, sort of living out this fantasy about what we'll make and we never actually make it. And so when I, when I think about these four elements, it's a, it's much more, uh, it's a fuller picture of balance. It's not just this kind of seesaw light on one side, dark on the other. We have to balance that out like the force. Um, it's, it's more of that kind of spinning top. And we think about like each of these elements when, when we can weight the top with each of these elements equally, then maybe it spins better. But I think there are, there are times when we end up a little bit off balance and we end up focusing more on the practices and the routines, more on the, the, the basic grounding kind of stuff. And there are other times when we're focusing more on our ideas. And, but you know, it's, it's like everything, there is an ebb and a flow to each of these kind of elements. And, but the idea is to not let it swing so far out of balance that nothing gets done, that we stop spinning, that we stop doing and creating. And that, that sort of is so easy. So if we are so caught up in, in one thing you try to spin the top and it doesn't spin because all the weight is on one side. And so we need to think about how we can balance out those other ideas, those other notions, those other things to keep that creativity flowing and going. And, you know, I don't think, I don't think we ever reach like this perfect balance and it stays balanced and it's always balanced. We always have to make adjustments. And so when we start to feel like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, things are kind of burning out. I'm getting burned out. I need to, I need to focus on something else now. Um, you know, so we, we always have to kind of make those adjustments back and forth. And I just think that's kind of our job as creators is that we have to always fine tune ourselves. We always have to assess where we are, how we're feeling, what we're doing, and understand, like really kind of get to know ourselves really well. And then we can say, hey, look, I'm focusing on this too much, or I'm out of balance and I kind of feel like I'm swinging over here. And so thinking about these four ideas of being grounded, of being flexible, of, of evaluating our passions, of, of looking at our imagination and looking at those as elements for our creativity, I think gives us a, a, a more rounded view of creativity and how we can balance it all. So anyway, I mean, those are kind of my thoughts, this idea of, of using the force of being able to create our 
our you know to create and to affect our physical world with with the energy that we're putting out and I, I do I believe that we put out this energy and, and then it also kind of ties into that notion of bending of of uh, you know there are these elements out there that we can affect and so how do we find balance with all four of those elements in our creating so I don't I, I don't know if this makes sense maybe you've never seen Star Wars maybe you've never seen Avatar maybe this makes absolutely no sense but um, it might be it's probably going to be something that that I delve into more this 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 has just been on my mind the last couple weeks and I was like hey I need to make an episode of it so um, yeah I just I like that notion of the four elements and and each one of those being an as <clears throat> excuse me being an aspect of of our creativity and and how we can use those to be even more creative of finding that ultimate state of creativity we can't hold that ultimate state forever we have you know but we can reach that and get into those moments and then we come out of it and it's like oh wow okay that's what the flow state feels like that's what it really feels like to be in our element and really be in that flow so anyway um yeah so i i hope there are some kernels of ideas there that that you find appealing um maybe there's a new way of looking at your creativity of looking at how you are finding balance within your creating um but yeah so you know i really appreciate you being here for another episode and I look forward to like diving into these. I, I feel like I'm just scratching the surface with these ideas and it might be really interesting to maybe dedicate an episode to each of these elements. I'll have to kind of think about that. But um, yeah, so if you've never seen Star Wars, I highly recommend it. Um, if you've never seen Avatar, uh, The Last Airbender, I mean, I'm a 46-year-old man and I, 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 I find it, there's some things about it that I don't like there's there's this but I won't get into that um but it's a, it's a really fascinating kind of uh show so if you haven't seen it I highly recommend it it's on Netflix now um but anyway so thank you so much for joining me once again for artistic accomplices um and as always happy creating All right, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I thank you so much for listening. This has been Artistic Accomplices, and I'm your host, Eric Scott. Thank you so much, and until next time.